from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. Good times had by all, I would say. Yes, it is freezing outside, literally. Pretty much all anybody's talking about, which is kind of like... The thing about the weather is that people always state the obvious, right? It's uh, daylight it's always, and cold. Hey, <laughs> cold enough for you? It's just like the hallmark of boring people is talking about the weather, which is why we're going to talk about That's what we're going to lead with today. There is an article in the Washington Post which attempts to incept the idea that the world is a dangerous place and you should do nothing in it. Seattle's high housing costs haven't stopped people from living alone, myself included. Boo-hoo. You mean I get to do whatever I want whenever I want to do it and nobody bugs me? You mean I can have my bathroom door open? All hours of the night, whenever I want to do whatever it is that I do in there, it's amazing. King in the castle. <laughs> I'd like you to just close the door right now for the city's sake. I don't even want to I think like about to it. brush my teeth with the door open, Spike. Where did your mind go with that? A horrible, the, ex- horrible place, Exactly Jack. my point. A horrible, exactly. horrible place. And also, Jason Rance is talking about Redmond and how they have this all-inclusive thing that they're going to do. They're going to have okay. a big old town hall, big nice. city meeting, but yeah. it's going to not be all-inclusive. So oh, we'll get into oh, that as oh, well. Oh. So last night, I... I am I, told that there was going to be snow, and I'm awaiting the snow, and then all of a sudden I see the flurry start to come down. I've got these beautiful floor-to-ceiling windows, so I can see the snow falling. It's very uh, picturesque. I mm. stand at my window, and I'm overlooking, because you know, from my, from my floor-to-ceiling windows in my very expensive apartment, I can see the Seattle skyline. Jacob yeah. is judging me right well, now no, I'm silently. Thinking, c- can you see out of the window from the bathroom with the door open? Or yes, is that, I can. Okay. One yes, of the reasons he keeps it open. You don't wanna, when you pay for a view like that, you don't want to lose it for a second. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I have this moment of like sincere peace and joy and, and gratitude for the, the things that I have in my life, right? It's yeah, this really yeah, sincere... Yeah moment of of just it's completely silent you know what i mean no Beautiful. one's driving yeah. down the road and then all of a sudden i i look out into the into the middle distance and what do i see people mocking me i see people jogging <laughs> in the snow flurry oh. i see people mocking me because they're out there doing their athletics and i think to myself at that point in time, you're not. That's not for you. That's so you can feel cool, right? Do you uh, know what I mean? Performative. It's performative. Okay. Yeah, I've noticed that from people because it had to be 18 degrees outside or mm. 20 degrees or whatever it was, and these people are in jogging gear yeah. with their lights, blink, 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 and they're running, and it totally my envy and jealousy and rage all emerged in that moment. So I was caught in this nexus of experiencing gratitude and joy for the human race and then also seething hatred for people who do things because they think they're better than I am. Yeah. And since you live alone, no one was there to help talk you down. <laughs> I know. Like how we brought that back? So, I don't know. Jacob, have you been affected by the cold weather? Everybody says, oh, it's cold. It's so cold. I go, yeah, weather happens. What do you want to do about it, right? Uh, I biked home last night, so I'm, I was perhaps among the, the people you would consider mocking you. As you were, I yeah. didn't want to say anything on air, Jacob. But, but I, I bicycled was, in the weather last I was, night? I was rushing home to beat the, the meaningful. Okay. Like, and there wasn't... The promise of meaningful yeah, yeah, snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there yeah. wasn't really accumulation, but um, also, uh, yeah, I was a little bit scared about it. Um yeah, I, I I also walked in today. You were you were needling me about that, Jack. I I, I don't know. I, I I appreciate getting out in the elements. There's something novel about it. There is actually something very peaceful about it. I will say, walking to work today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the it's cold. Risk. I have my jacket yeah. on. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, you know how how I, I'm filled with gratitude. I suppose mm. for the things that I have. Good, good way to take it on. Because yeah. I think that far too often people view these things as an inconvenience 
rather than viewing it as an opportunity to learn and grow from and say, you know what, I'm very grateful I have this coat and this job yeah, and things right. of that you nature. You can afford to live close enough to work. I, on the other hand, had the flight crew um, de-ice my car yes, you did. prior to me leaving, <laughs> prior to me taking the jetway from my front door, covered completely, completely out of the elements to yes. my car. And actually, I, I had to wait, and the weather actually affected my commute. There was no snowfall in my neighborhood. There was no even no ice. Mm-hmm. The city of Evans had done a nice job of de-icing the roads prior. That's very they nice. Out, um, and my my car's emergency brake. Anybody else had experienced something like this? It happens quite common in Eastern Washington, where it gets cold often. Right, and with the the kind of cars you drive, right? right. Like the older rear wheel drive, as we mentioned yesterday, <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> now my emergency brake was frozen. My parking brake had frozen into place on my wheels because there was moisture and the temperature dipped into the high teens in my neighborhood. And I had to run my car for 15 minutes to let it warm up enough that my brake would disengage. So there is a article in the Washington Post that says, can shoveling snow give you a heart attack? Now, I think that anybody out there with two brain cells to rub together would say, if you are, if, if you have a weak cardiovascular system or maybe a genetic, I don't know what, dipsy doodleitis, right. and then you go do intensive cardiovascular activity, you can have a heart attack. But I think what this is more about is the fact that I have this weird theory about media where they try to incept pe- fear into people's lives with everything. <laughs> I think you might with be honest. Literally something. everything. Yeah. And so something as simple and as joyous as home alone, shoveling snow, you know what I'm talking about? Just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now all of a sudden you need to fear it, right? One study showed that from 1990 to 2006, 195,000 people in the United States were treated in emergency rooms for injuries and medical emergencies from snow shoveling. Stay away from me, shovel. You're trying to kill me. <laughs> what is it? This is like ludicrous. Well, it didn't say half of them were bashed in the back of the head with a snow shovel, no, I'm just... which is part of the equation they leave out conveniently. No, you, you ever see the movie, uh, I'll, you'll hate this, Mystery Alaska? I wasn't done with my rant. But go sure. ahead. No, no go no, ahead. Go. I thought you were. I thought I you were. Not, I was. I would like the plane was taken off. Tell me about the film Mystery Alaska. Not at all. There's a scene where they got a big fat guy and they say, "Fat guys don't shovel." Fat guys. Don't. <laughs> he's shoveling his walk and he's literally losing a lung. Fat guys. He goes, "No, no, it's dry. Right. It's a dry snow. Right. There, that's the difference. Wet snow's heavy. Light, super cold. Light snow. I'm just saying, Spike. Dry, there is there is this thing that happens with with media outlets where they will print stories like this. When almost everybody knows that people who are prone to having cardiovascular issues probably shouldn't do intensive activities. And yet they do this. It, there's the, the problem is it's almost like fear pornography where you have to. Oh, can doing this relatively innocuous activity give me a heart attack? Yes. Some people have heart attacks just from standing up. Looking at snow. Looking at snow. <laughs> yes, right. People Some people have a heart attack from peeling an orange. <laughs> do we need 3,000 words in the Washington Post about it? Right. I mean, this is just goes on and on. What else do you need to know in a 1995 study? Do you know what I mean? Like, this yeah, is yeah. ludicrous. And somebody decided at the Washington Post, democracy dies in darkness, by the way, that this was much more important to cover than almost anything else. Snow is going to kill you. Shoveling snow. And I think this is one of the things, by the way, that contributes to people's anti-vax paranoia. Because as we all know, people who are very paranoid, I'm, I'm going to make yeah, a connection I'm, right I'm, here. I'm not going to stomp on this one. <laughs> what do people say about the COVID shots? They make your heart explode. They, I have heard that far too often. Right. Yeah. And so this is now being used on Twitter and X as an example as to how the media is trying to cover up died suddenly 
with the COVID vax, right? Because the running theory about the COVID-19 vaccine is that it gives you, basically weakens the muscles in your heart and then you die, right? Can shoveling Fauci propaganda give you a heart attack? That's what this article should be labeled. (laughs) Lindsay Bever from the Washington Post. Right. Where democracy dies in snow. But what's fascinating about that anti-vax theory, by the way, is that if people had looked at the corollary data when it came to uh, adverse reactions to the COVID-19 vaccine, one of the things that happens to unvaccinated people when they get COVID-19 is that they can also develop pericarditis or myopericarditis right. and COVID as an infection can often weaken the muscles in the heart and cause things like blood clots. Right. So all the anti-vaxxers out there who are running around saying it's the shots, it's the shots, it's the shots, it's the shots. There's enough data out there to suggest that just getting COVID could do that to you. Now, of course, it depends on your genetic makeup and your yes, health and yes, all these does. other factors. Much like with shoveling snow. But for some reason, whenever I'm talking to anti-vaxxers on Twitter, they never bring that up. No, it come never on. No. comes up. No. It's always died suddenly. Shoveling snow is the thing that's going to kill you. Spike, do you ever worry about you're going to be doing some innocuous activity and end up having it? T- not because of your heart, but I'm just well, saying, do you ever have this fear? Of course. When I w- sitting up, I don't want to be. Well, bend, I don't want to die on the toilet. I don't oh. want to go as I don't want to go as the king yeah, as Elvis. Uh, yeah, I don't want. That's my greatest fear. That's why he doesn't leave the door open. That's why I do not leave the door open <laughs> ever. Nice callback. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I had a heart attack three years ago, um, and I had a blockage prior to that. I was mowing my lawn, right? And I felt this. You know, the the symptoms that that led to uh, that gives a, a doctor indication you've got blockage. I said, look, I've got an aching in my, my the muscles of my jaw. I've got a puffiness and swollenness in my hands and an aching in my arms. It's from L- eating and lifting food. Lifting food. He said, so he said, you lighter <laughs> curls, single patties, he said. Um, but the doctor explained what that was, was that's a classic sign of blockage of an artery, which means the blood flow is is, is restricted. He goes, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, just from what you've told me, yeah. we're going to go in and we're going to find blockage. And when we get in there, we're going to fix it. We're going to put stents in. And that's what they did. But yeah, so ever since then, I worry a lot. When I put creamer in my coffee, I worry, is two too many of those little white cups? Is the second one, should I have a skull and crossbones on it? Yeah, well, Spike, you do drink like six or seven cups of coffee It's not day. the caffeine, Jack. It's the non-dairy creamer that's going to kill me. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have the folks at the, whatever aisle that is at the grocery store with 10,000 flavors of non-dairy creamer. They're going to sponsor my funeral. <laughs> we're going to have like a, we're going to have a, a non-dairy creamer fountain at my service. It's going to be like, you know, what, like a chocolate fountain but with non-dairy creamer. <laughs> Falling out of it. Just walk up with your cup and dip it under. It's going to be like fondue. Yeah, right? exactly. Like a fondue yeah. fountain. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. going to be hazelnut and French <laughs> vanilla. Not, not hazelnut. Exactly. Holy monsters drink that. So, uh, Seattle's high housing costs haven't stopped people from living alone. This, you know, housing is expensive in Seattle. I think mm-hmm. everybody knows that. Uh, most people who lived alone in Seattle, about 75% of them are renters. That's a pretty rough number, right? That is. There's a lot of information that has come down about people who live in isolation. Some people can tolerate it. The majority of us can't. And you thrive I, in it. And I, I, well, you do. You I thrive need, in it. I need a lot of me time because I'm the only sane person that I know. So it's <laughs> really got to have it. It's Jacob, those judging eyes right there, my friend. Jeez. <laughs> the judgment from Jacob today is just like <laughs> thick today. Yeah, you don't, does Laura not just stare she, grimace she at all? Make, she doesn't make eye contact. She, she doesn't she make, does no, not make eye what contact. What Laura does is she just looks down and she just shakes her head. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe so. But 
Uh, there was a study that was released. It was a, a survey of people who lived alone on and off for about 10 years. And what they found, or they, so what they did is they have the control group, and then they have the experimental group, and then they have the third Right, group. gives them a baseline for information. And what they found is that people who live in isolation for long periods of time, that's two years plus, is that in so many ways, isolation is akin to smoking. That the longer that you do it, the longer that you're away from other people, the more detrimental health effects it has wow. on your body. And so you see a lot of the same symptoms of long-term smoking or also sleep deprivation from people who live alone. From living alone? Tiredness, lethargy, heavy bouts of depression and anxiety. And a lot of that happens to do with the fact that when we touch each other, we release a chemical called oxytocin, which is a dopamine receptor, or excuse me, it's a dopamine-producing okay, chemical in okay. our body. Just through basic human Just contact. Just basic human touch, okay. right? Wow. And so, like, it, it is the happiness chemical. It bonds us, and we the only way we are able to produce it outside of drugs is actual physical touch. And, and when someone lives alone for extended periods of time, they have a deb- deficit. Yeah. Wow. A sincere deficit of it. So wow. I understand, you know, again, we're talking about how the majority of Seattle renter- renters are, are living alone and also how the high housing costs haven't stopped people from living alone. I like living with people. I really enjoy it. The thing is, is that oftentimes I need that, I, I need that space for me, right? Do you know what okay. I mean? Like yeah, I gotta yeah, have yeah. me. Yeah. Like, you know how your house is like basically like a weird dungeon how like you have to traverse all these weird like liminal spaces to yeah, get anywhere. Yeah. It's it's a maze, like it's a labyrinth. It's of, like a labyrinthine. Have you been yeah. to O'Neill's house? It's like an house Ikea without good furniture. So it's house. just like it's just like random staircases that go to like big empty halls. People think that I'm making this up, but there's like weird spaces in Spike's house. I haven't. I've been to Spike's house three times. I still have not seen the entirety of Spike's house. <laughs> wow. Not because right. not because it's particularly large, but because it's just got so many weird corners. In so many things, in so many spaces. We have stairwells to nowhere. Much like, what's that mansion down in California? The Winchester oh, Mansion? Yeah, the Winchester. We built our home in, in kind of an, a, a tribute to that. Is yours also haunted? Like, why oh, is, yeah. Okay. Oh, the other yeah. crazy thing oh, yeah. is that he's got a team of Sherpas to help make sure that you can navigate. <laughs> right. After you have a heart attack, you ask for help. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. my you know, point. But living carry that plate up two flights of Jake, stairs. do you live alone or do you have roommates? No, I, well, I currently live by myself, but and I'm oh. I'm both, I'm conflicted because I I'm I have a lot of nostalgia for the, the roommate experiences that I have. I think mm. I've been very lucky. Um, um, thank you for the yes. But the the other thing is that I do think that I've lived alone long enough now to where I've become a feral roommate, and I I don't know that I could really go back because I've developed too many habits. Really, right? Yeah, just you know, like dances with wolves, right? You're the Kevin Costner. I have not seen that movie, but I sh- sh- pro- Avatar. Probably. You've become one with the Navi. <laughs> yeah, you right. can't go back. To, I can't go back. Exactly. You can't go back yeah, to living yeah. as a man now. The knowledge that you have. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it has. It, it's something to do with the, yeah, the the doors that you don't have to close, and that that becoming part of your and the, the dishes you can leave in the sink for a little bit longer. Like, yeah, there's just a lot of little things. Nobody eats my food. Nobody uses my towels. It's amazing. It's honestly, str- it's it's uh, that is the hardest part about living alone. Actually, is that there's no one to blame for when you lose something. Like who ate my blank? <laughs> Oh, you're like, you really? know it was me. That's right. Precious, precious. So uh, <laughs> officials in Redmond are hosting an event to make the city more inclusive. Uh, Which I think is great. So, And you said, the, but it's not inclusive? It's no, because pro- it's, in, it's entirely in Spanish. Espanol. Bienvenidos. Mondrojas. 
Is that how you would say that? Right? Uh, yeah, Amand Rojas. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Via the Rojas. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, House of Red, the Red House. I, I'm not really sure how you say that. I don't that. speak Spanish either. But so they, I wouldn't be welcome in Redmond. So they say to help identify ways we can change our spaces and places to create a city that is inclusive and welcoming for all, no one shall be speaking in English. Now, the post, this is Jason Rance wrote this up because he found the actual post. The post on social media is in English, and the meeting is entirely in Spanish. And so when you click the link to the RSVP, the RSVP is in Spanish. So I went to college and I learned what inclusivity is. And inclusivity means that it is accessible to everybody. Not everybody is fluent in Espanol like myself, right? Not everybody can speak Spanish to the degree that I can. Most people only have a Pequinto understanding of Spanish, <laughs> where I have a mass understanding of Spanish. Right? So, so is it is it a welcome new residence of Redmond, Monterey, yeah, Monrojas? But it's not para me. It's para huh. you. That, see, that, that seems a little disingenuous it's to a say welcome, welcome. Is it in like nine different languages, like every pamphlet at the DMV? Right, it should be. Where it's it, like every, exactly. you know, welcome they, Koreans, they, Vietnamese, right. Thai, they you they name it, Greeks. Tagalog, Cambodian, Mandarin. Peg, right? Yeah, you bet. Canadian, Canadian, whatever they speak up there, I don't know. But we'll figure it out. We'll take a really quick break. When we get back, Mr. Billy Sunshine is going to be stepping in because former President Donald Trump yesterday finally allowed to speak in his case, yeah. finally allowed to share his opinions. And mean old Judge Engeron wouldn't even let him say his two cents, even though he's not a lawyer. And closing arguments are always made by lawyers. We're going to talk to Mr. Sunshine about this, being that he is also not a lawyer, but he most certainly could play one on TV. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. So Donald Trump decided to temporarily serve as his own lawyer in the closing arguments in the civil case against him, which is being overseen by Judge Judge Engron. And I thought, who better to talk to about this than America's favorite Mr. Sunshine, Billy Sunshine. Mr. Sunshine, how are you today? Are you pleased that Donald Trump was interrupted by Judge Judge Engeron? Which, by the way, sounds like a Star Wars general, right? Engeron? Yeah. Got a big squid head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep, your, keep your client in tow. <laughs> Billy? <laughs> Billy's watching yeah. TV. Billy, why are you watching TV? No, I'm not. Sometimes I, the price is well, right. You know, I'm trying to keep up. Billy, wait, the I literally, the wait Billy, Billy, I literally just heard the TV on in the background, the and then you said, I'm not watching TV, but this is, like, bizarre. Why didn't you just say, yes, I was watching TV two, two seconds before I was supposed to go on air? Well, no, no, I'm always watching TV. I'm in the, I'm in the situation room. <laughs> right. It's in the media room. And, and, and you, know, you know that Spike and I have what we call Trump fascination syndrome. Yes. We can't take our eyes off this criminal. Right. You know, so, Fact. yeah, don't be shocked. So, Billy, in your estimation, well, let me let me set the stage for everybody. So, Trump really wanted to participate in the closing arguments in the civil case against him in New York. Now, this case is very important because it could determine very, a lot about the uh, Trump organization. Well, it's, it's whether or not he'll retain his business licenses right. and able to this do any huge. business in New York or anywhere in the country. Yeah. So the Judge Engron has been on the receiving end of a decent amount of death threats. A bomb threat almost derailed these hearings. 
Trump's argued yesterday. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Trump's lawyers argued that Trump that it should be delayed because Trump wanted to grieve the loss of his mother-in-law. Uh, but unfortunately, the judge did not believe him because the night before he did that big old rally. So he was saying if Mr. Trump... I think was- he asked Trump to pick his mother-in-law out of a lineup and he couldn't. <laughs> and when he couldn't, then he felt he wasn't... It was a disingenuous right. claim. So then Trump says, I would like to make a statement, which is very bizarre because generally lawyers make the closing arguments. And then Judge Engron said was very hesitant about it and said, okay, you can do it, but I don't want to hear anything about any election stuff or how you're being targeted or whatever it might be. Keep it site-specific. And Trump immediately did not do that. And he immediately started saying that he was being uh, prosecuted and that he was being targeted and this was way out of bounds and so on and so forth. So, Billy, what, what do you think this is? Is this a tactic by Trump? Is this his malignant narcissism? Is he is he just well, trying I- to gin up r- ratings or headlines? Well, this is the way criminals behave when they're in court. They say, I'm innocent. You're coming at me for the wrong reasons. You know, uh, this is the way a mafia Don, in this case, mafia Don Trump, behaves. I mean, what's the surprise? You know, you know the idea that this is a, he says, well, this is just to keep me from, it's election interference. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why a guy who's facing all these criminal problems chose to run for president. He did not. We didn't require him to run for president. This is his choice. And I would suggest to you that he's only running for president so he can pardon himself in case he does get in trouble. I would say that that's very likely. I would also say, though, that when he says that this case is election interference, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because this has nothing to do with the election. It has to do with his business practices, being that his lead financial guy spilled the be- spilled the beans on yeah. the whole Trump organization. And they're they're basically their real estate scheme, which breaks down like this, just so people know the argument that that Trump's lawyers made in court. And if this isn't airtight, I don't know what is. They basically said that all of these properties were overvalued because they are attached to Donald Trump, meaning that the Trump name by three hundred percent. Right, but the Trump name I mean, his condo, gives them he, he, more he, he, value. Three times the size. And then yeah. conversely, but, they said he, that the reason yeah. that Donald Trump is worth that amount of money is because his property is worth that amount of money. Right. Which is a very circular yeah, way of arguing. It doesn't worth. make any sense. No, but it's not about earth, uh, worth. Because worth, you could argue, well, uh, that's an opinion. You know what's not an opinion? Something that's 11,000 square feet is not 30,000 square feet, no matter who has yes. says about it. Or <laughs> whose opinion it yes, that's very true. When you triple your square feet of the place you're living in, you are lying, cheating, and stealing from America and from the banks, and uh, he's a criminal. And, and Trump's attorneys tried to make the legal defense that there was no victim here. There was no harm here. Victimless no, crime. No witnesses were brought forth to say we were damaged by this. But that's not what he's been charged with. He's been charged with fraud. Yeah. Not inflicting damage. He's been charged with fraud. And, and when you... when you, and you why, would, why would a witness show up? You know, if you're going to be swatted, if you're going to be the victim of a bomb threat, why would you show up to testify against this dangerous criminal? That's that the, the 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 track record of intimidation and using the threat of violence to intimidate witnesses. Yeah, you're right. You're I, absolutely right. I will say that Trump has Spike, Spike. He he never he always says you know if you do this to me there could be riots in the streets. Bedlam, he doesn't yeah. follow it up and say and please my people don't do that. He wants us to fight and die over him. Yeah, and I I had an idea in my brain, Billy, about what I was going to talk about, but now it's completely gone because I think that that's another good point to bring up, that former (laughs) president... 
I've, I've often said he doesn't want to build a majority. He wants to build a very um, mobile minority that will do whatever he wants them to do. I think I think that what Trump has done is actually very, very clever because when there is a bomb threat or when there is swatting, people, his his lead, uh, uh, you know, commentariat, people on Twitter, they'll say they don't believe it. Trump people don't do that. And then all the Trump people agree and they say, oh, it had to be some leftist who's trying to make Trump look bad. I don't know of a lot of leftists that would potentially get a felony for filing a false police report. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, I hear you. And, and get hit with, like, what is that, 10 years in prison for it, w- w- witness intimidation, so on and so forth. I don't know a lot of people who are willing to go to federal prison over Donald Trump. My estimation is that there are just people out there that are so loyal. I think it's Occam's razor. What's the simplest explanation? There are people that are so loyal to the man that they will swat the judge and call in bomb threats or whatever it is in the same way that I don't think that Donald Trump really wanted to take the day off to grieve his mother-in-law. I think that he wanted to delay the court case as long as possible, and this was just an effort to do that. Yeah. All, all three attorneys for Trump no, spoke in the closing. court cases. Good. He gets elected president. That's exactly yeah. Delay, delay, delay. Right. And then actually his speech that he gave over the over the the it it was completely deranged. I mean, it just didn't make it's all we all we have is the writings about it. But it was so frenetic. It was so all over the place. It was so do you know what I'm saying? It was. Well, yeah. Every time we play a recording of Trump, a a former president, Trump, I'll try to be respectful as as is required, uh, required. (laughs) You know, um, he has he has a train of thought where, you know, he'll just latch on to the most emotional and and motivating, if not incendiary thing, he can say, and he'll just follow that train. Yeah, much and he like did Mr. It, Sunshine. Yeah, did it in court. And when yesterday. he does, yeah, when he does, we, we we go with him because it's him. But if you took, if you tried to read what he actually says, you won't be able to do it. It doesn't make sense coming out of his mouth. It makes a little sense because it fits in with his character. But it's word salad. He's a very very sick individual at this point. Yeah, but I, he's also a brilliant politician. He's a brilliant politician because while he, while his tirade at the end of the closing statements did nothing to help his legal case of, against fraud in New York, it works from a political standpoint. It's a fundraising machine. It's good politics. Thank you so much for your contributions this Friday, Mr. Sunshine. I'll be giving you a telephone call, a telephone call after the show today. See what you're up to. See- oh, I'm going to be chastised. You <laughs> <laughs> called into the I'm office again. Yeah, yeah, call- I'm going to give you some notes, Billy. I'm going <laughs> to be giving you some Uh-oh. post-show notes. We're going to do some air checks. You and I. No, I'm kidding. I'll call. I'll call you later, Billy. That was Mr. Sunshine. Coming up next, Jacob is obsessed with fruit stripe gum. He chews it all all day long. He never does not have a piece of fruit stripe in his mouth, and he doesn't know what he's going to do next year because they're discontinuing it. They will no longer be making it. So now he's going to have to hoard a lifetime supply of it. (laughs) And we're going to help him when we get back right after this. So Jacob Rummel is filled with grief today. He's also filling in for producer Laura. It's her birthday. Yeah, did you explain this? She she left because she didn't want to deal with everyone saying happy right. birthday to Laura, her. Laura, when you say happy birthday to Laura, I don't know if you, a gypsy cursed her when yeah. she was five. A, a leaf falls from her hair every yeah. time somebody wishes her happy birthday. Every it's time. Weird. It's like that scene from, uh, what was that movie with the girls in the that are all witches? Do you remember that? Thinner? No, no it doesn't matter. <laughs> 
So, uh, Fruits of Eastwick. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. But it's Laura's birthday today. She decided to take it off. And so we have lovely Jacob with us. Now, Jacob has an addiction to fruit striped gum, which I didn't even know was a thing anymore because I'm not six. But that's the. (laughs) Or 60. That's the gum that has the. You get the green one or the yellow one or the purple purple. one. Orange, purple. Yeah. Couldn't tell you what the flavors are. Could never tell you what the flavors are, but there's a gum that does that. And they've discontinued it. And also in this article by the Washington Post talks about how gum chewing by Americans has gone down. More Americans are not chewing gum, largely because it's pretty gross. And I think most people prefer mints because mints is like the iPod of the confectionery treat in the mouth, right? Oh, I, I'd argue that. I think I think gum chewing is a... It makes sense, Jacob. It okay. makes sense to those he's of us... He's a deep thinker. You gotta, you'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll get used to it. You really uh-huh. will. You, okay. He's a deep thinker. I think the chewing aspect of gum is a nervous tick right. you know, that, that people still fall to and rely on. Sure. I mean, I told you guys this amusing, amusing anecdote before, but I'll tell it again. Uh, so early humans, they discovered that they, if they took the membrane from animal uh, skins or, or carcasses after they had already stripped the animal and they had used all the meat, they would roll it up into a ball and they would chew on it. And uh, anthropologists thought, why, why would they do that? Because it's basically gum, right? They would yeah, just chew yeah. on it, chew on it, chew on it. And it was thought of as it was an early version of dental health care to clean the spaces between the teeth, chewing this membrane and having this. And they would actually reuse it over and over and over and over and over again, which sounds super gross. But it makes practical sense. But it makes practical sense. And then later they started adding things to it to try to freshen the breath or whatever it was. The other thought was, is that because human beings have an extra set of teeth that come in, that it served two purposes. One was actually to facilitate the removal of baby teeth in an easy and painless way. And then also to strengthen the jaw so that when the wisdom teeth would erupt, they had enough space for all the the teeth. So there was no crowding, which is a really interesting theory and also very gross because that means you're just chewing on animal membrane, right, that you've rolled into a ball and you've boiled. Yeah, is that, is that savory? That, there's no sweetness to that, I imagine. No, but I think that's why they started adding, like, hey, mm-hmm. we should probably get some mint in this thing, because this is really gross. It could be berries or, or root or molasses. I mean, I'm sure they made it more pleasant this time. That's what mom did in the village, right? Made made the sure. chewable membrane gum. Did you guys know there's a phobia? There's a phobia for people who, who they have a phobia about people who chew gum around them? No. So oh, the, is it a misophonia thing where they don't like the sound? I don't know what it is, but it's in the same way that I recoil in fear from a spider or a spebo, as I like to call them. Uh, <laughs> that's the technical name. Is people will recoil in fear around people who are chewing gum. It, really? it elicits a response, a fear response deep within them. I I never heard that before. I know my wife hates the sound. Mm-hmm. It's that you know that annoying little. Can you stop doing that? You know, every time I chew gum around my because I chew like a you know. West Virginia mountaineer. Yeah. I'm chew like a wild animal. Uh, there is yeah, actually... Yeah, uh, bad. Um, did you guys remember when they discontinued Twinkies? Do you guys remember all the packages? They what? That, no, but this is... Ten, <laughs> this is sorry. This is, this is 10, 20 years ago, a hostess discontinued Twinkies. That was a big marketing ploy. But, people hoarded them, But right? No, but what happened was is that you had all these packages from these local TV stations that went around, like in Jersey or wherever it was, and they were interviewing people outside of convenience stores. And people were weeping at the thought that they would never have another Twinkie. Now, I haven't had a Twinkie since George W. Bush was in office. 
I, it never crosses my mind. I never think to myself, oh, I desperately need that. But in looking into this, there are people that are experiencing literal bouts of grief over the fact that they will never be able to buy fruit striped gum again. So I ask you guys, is there a product that if it went away, a consumable, oh. you would have a full mental breakdown over it? I can't think of a single one. That's a great question. Yeah, there's one hot sauce that I love. I mean, it's a, it's a green chili hot sauce. You and would cry if they took it away from I, you. I uh, I couldn't replace it, and I'd miss it every time I every every meal. I'm, ta- I think I'm I talking about I'm talking about breaking out into tears. Why God? Why why, why, why have you my, forsaken yeah, me? Why is my Verde hot sauce gone, right. Lord? I, I, can, I mean, Jacob, can you think? <laughs> of, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think I'm addicted anything. to anything that much, right. or, or love anything that much. To be fair, so I'm actually going through the process of of trying to become a, a hospice care volunteer, and so I recently went. Jeez, Jacob, you got to be better than us all the time. <laughs> Come on. We just went through the, uh, there's an activity because in order to prepare yourself to be present with people that are experiencing that, they want you to be able to process your own death largely. And so one of the activities that they do to, to try to get you there is you you list out on index cards a bunch of different things that you that you love and can't really imagine not having anymore. Wow. And then you slowly like choose prioritize them and like you, you're slowly throwing them away as you imagine do you what physically death like. remove these things from your life no you just it's just it's more of a meta- metaphorical thing where you okay, crumple up the sheet of to... paper that has the, the the thing on it um Jeez. no i, I do not have, there was no food items is my point on, on my list of, of things. thanks for making me feel like a bad person Jacob, know, right? for not volunteering more i mean i, I have thought... hurt my eyes at old folks times. i won't even look at those people and you're giving your time you're and love the mix the, the one one person in the in the group said their last two cards that they crumpled up were they they had to choose between their boyfriend and then tiny crabs on the beach they loved just the the image and the or the experience sound as you bite into them or- Boy, like them. Yeah. watching their life drain from them as you put them in a pot <laughs> we'll take a really quick break when we get back speaking of the life draining from me it's super cold outside a new state bill aims to crack down on protesters blocking highways who would have thunk that when you tell people that you're going to do it every saturday the state would react and also rants has an article about a seattle teacher that told students that identifying as quote-unquote straight is indeed offensive and we shall go over why he is desperately wrong and should likely be fired when we get back right after this